Iowa's Newsworthy Past is a project imagined and curated by me, Kristen Noonan, a newly minted librarian. With help from Rod Library at the University of Northern Iowa, I come through an encyclopedic, handy-dandy, Iowa Historical Newspaper Library Guide to select stories and record myself reading them out loud all in my basement. The music you're listening to right now is by Iowa City's Blake Shaw, and the music you're about to notice in the background is by Memphis resident Brendan Lee Spengler. Tune in and out as your time allows, and please enjoy your totally free, no strings attached, last from the past. It's another day, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome to February 20th on Iowa's Newsworthy Past. Today we'll be in Tama, Iowa. So let's turn our attention to the Tama Free Press, February 20th, 1902. I'm your host, Kristen Noonan. It's a pleasure to be your guide today. Let's roll! Special Train for Kubelik On account of the concert given by Kubelik, the Bohemian Violin Master, at Cedar Rapids, Monday, February 24th, the Northwestern will run a special train leaving Tama at 4.40 and arriving in Cedar Rapids at 6.35 and leaving at 11.15. Excursion tickets will be sold at greatly reduced rates. County Normal Institute County Superintendent Brown has made all arrangements for the County Normal Institute which will convene at the Toledo High School building, March 14, 1902. The Corps of Instructors are selected as follows. Superintendent J.B. Young, Didactics. Superintendent E.C. Meredith, Arithmetic and Civics. Superintendent C.E. Fleming, Geography, Physics, and U.S. History. Prin H.C. Platt. Orthography and Economics, Priu C. F. Kuchny, Grammar, Professor H. W. Ward, Reading and Rhetoric, Principal H. B. Shoemaker, Algebra and Physiology, Miss Elma E. Van Eman, Music, County Superintendent Brown, Conductor, Timely Topics We regret that one of our distinguished citizens considered our article last week personal. The use of Senator Whipple's name was purely impersonal. He was elected to the most honorable position in the gift of the district and his competitor was one of our best men. It was convenient to mention his name. A very neat manual of the Vinton schools just received in which the senator's name appears as one of the very recent presidents of the board of directors raises him still higher in our esteem. Vinton has one of the best schools in the state. Our article was extremely impersonal and we don't want any of the things mentioned in it to become personal to any citizen of Tama. We are here for Tama. Tama's business, professional men, and politicians. 
Our men have been honored and have honored us. We have material not only for senators and lieutenant governors, but for congressmen and governors. The educational question is deep water for big boats. It's the greatest question in Tama. When you consider that there are 99 counties and 108 accredited high schools in this state, you are liable to conclude that it is necessary to be well up on this question. We want it understood that we are after no man's scalp and will do nothing to injure any man in this town, but that we are terribly interested in the school question. We know our taxes are high and have written to six of the best schools in Iowa asking the following questions. How many mills do you levy in your district for school purposes? Do you have drawing and watercolors? How many teachers have you in the high school? How many special teachers have you? How many recitations do you hear daily? As soon as we hear from these letters, we will give the facts. That will be next week. This is the time for the peddler who sells rugs, groceries, clothing, and fools. Fools mostly. We have had some experience. He sells on the installment plan. This is the worst thing on earth. It teaches the debt habit. Avoid it. Pass it by. The peddler does not sell goods cheaper than your home merchant. He says he does and you believe it, but that is because he is a liar and you are a fool. I knew a man to pay a department store $26 for a stove that was not worth $6. He would have saved money by paying his local dealer $40. The peddler never has and never will do anything for you. He never paid a dollar tax to educate your children, to build your churches, to give your town good business houses. When you were hard up, your local merchant trusted you. When he failed to meet your promises, he was easy on you. If you buy your stuff of department stores, you are doing all you can to destroy your town. Just as soon as Tama's businessmen go out of business, Tama will go out of existence and we will send our children to Chicago to be educated by wholesale. A man who don't buy his stuff at home may be honest, but he is an honest fool. Town and Country Court convenes at Toledo, Monday, Judge Obed Caswell presiding. No new cases of importance are up for hearing. A large crowd and a good time is promised at the Washington birthday party at Solomon's Opera House Friday night. Miss Alta King entertained a party of young friends in honor Miss Beulah Beck and Zella Roebuck of Toledo Saturday evening. The royal neighbors are requested to meet in the IOOF Hall, February 22nd at 2 o'clock p.m. sharp. A full attendance is desired. Mr. Murray Soth has accepted the position with C.F. Shaw, made vacant by Wilbur Jackson, who will move on to a farm in the near future. John Coleman slipped on the icy pavement on East Main Street Tuesday and suffered a severe wrench of the back, as well as other bruises. 
the smoke-consuming and coal-saving appliance which is being installed in the furnace at the paper mills will be giving it a test within a few days. Dr. B. Thompson received and installed Wednesday in his office an exceptionally fine static electrical machine with Crook's tube or x-ray attached. Mr. L. Coolidge, a farmer, aged 76, residing near Haven, fell off a load of fodder Friday and sustained severe injuries about the head and shoulders. The Wise Member Company, which made such a distinct hit in Tama last year, will appear in Tama at Solomon's Opera House Wednesday, February 26th. The Ainsley sisters have moved their millinery establishment into the Dolash building on East Main Street instead of the Cronshaw building. Mrs. Sullivan of Toledo was to have occupied the building, has been quarantined in Toledo. The following letters are advertised for week ending February 15, 1902. Mr. Lee Bull, Frank Brown, George Clark, J.C. Cormandy, J.E. Crosley, R.A. Doherty, Mr. Charles O. Dillard, Mr. Ed Giles, Mrs. Hugh McCarroll, T. McCrulin, John Murray, Mr. David Sanger, J.H. Simpkins. The railroad men's meeting held at the M.E. Church last Sunday by the Young Men's Christian Association was very well attended and of great interest. Mr. E. L. Hamilton of Chicago, National Secretary for Railroad Associations, delivered the principal address and his earnest talk was enjoyed by the men. Many delegates from Marshalltown Association were present, also some from the more distant associations. Mr. Rain's solo was exceptionally rendered and short talks by many railroad men were very interesting. Remembered Whole Books Walter Savage Lander carried his library in his head. When he had read a book, he always gave it away on principle, having, as he said, observed that with such a purpose in his mind, he was sure to retain of a book all that was worth keeping. In his old age, Lander was furious if he did not at once remember any passage of a book or any name or date. Possibly the Chelsea Murderers, Iowa Capitol, Sam Page, one of the most noted crooks that ever made headquarters in Des Moines, is dying in the Missouri State Penitentiary. He was sentenced to that institution a week ago from Platte County, Missouri, where he, in company with three other desperandos, were caught after an attempt to rob the bank at Camden Point. Page, who was well known in the Des Moines police, is believed to have been one of the men who robbed the Chelsea, Iowa Bank last fall and killed Rolla Smith, the marshal of that town. The wounds which he now bears are oppressing him sorely, and the authorities of the State Penitentiary of Missouri, who have recently written Secretary Quince of the Bankers Mutual Casualty Company of this city, state that Page cannot live long. In company with Page in the cells of the Missouri Penitentiary are Harry Edwards, 
James Thornton, and George McDonald. Edwards is also believed to be a member of the gang who killed the Chelsea Marshal, and a peculiar chain of evidence surrounds the case. Detectives put upon the case by Mr. Quint ascertained that Smith, the Marshal, was shot with a peculiar kind of a bullet from a 44 caliber revolver. The bullet found in the dead man's body was not rounded at the end as the ordinary bullet, but was almost flat. A bullet similar and weighing within one grain of that taken from the marshal's body was taken from a gun which was procured from Edwards after the robbery at Camden Point, Missouri. This fact makes the officers confident that it was Harry Edwards who committed the murder. In addition, they have the statements of men who were in the Chelsea fight to the effect that one of the others, presumably Page, shouted to Edwards. Don't be so d-handy with your gun. This expression led the officers who took up the trail to believe that it was Edwards who committed the murder because Edwards has a reputation among crooks and detectives as being one of the quickest men with a revolver that has ever been found in the bank robbing business. Edwards, like Sam Page, is dying partially from the effect of wounds received in fights with the posse and partially from brain trouble. He is said to be out of his head a great deal of the time. The capture of the robbers was made in Platte County, Missouri, two weeks ago. The quartet had planned to rob the bank at Camden Point and had entered the bank, but had made the fatal mistake of leaving a light where it could be plainly seen from the street. The wife of the cashier of the bank, returning into at night, noticed the bright light in the bank and, peering through the window, saw the men at work on the safe. She aroused her husband and the town was soon up in arms. The robbers escaped on a hand car, but were stopped by the watchmen of the Leavenworth Bridge, who held the men at bay until assistance came to him. In the fight, several discharges of bird shot took effect upon the men. Officers from Leavenworth arrived and assisted in the capture of the men, being removed to the Leavenworth jail to await trial. At Platte City, the trial was brief and the evidence so conclusive to the jury that each of the four men were sent to the state penitentiary for a term of ten years. It will be seven years and a half before the Iowa authorities can get at Page and Edwards, who are badly wanted in this state. It is believed that Paige will not live more than a few months and that neither will be able to see the outside of prison walls again. That's it for February 20th on Iowa's Newsworthy Past. Thanks for tuning in. Hey there, thanks for listening. Hey, if you liked your ride, remember that you can follow me on Instagram at Iowa's Newsworthy Past. If you didn't like your ride, well, maybe you will tomorrow.